1: This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com.
0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio.
2: 6.30 chance. 2.30 to go. Tied at three. Dry subtle. Getting muscled off by Hurdle. Great play by Tomas Hurdle. He'll drop it off. Open man, Coach Hurdle. One-timer score and San Jose wins in overtime 4-3. to
3: Hurdle second of the game. He finishes from coacher after creating the, the initial... San Jose Sharks Hurdle over the Edmonton Oilers. Tomas Hurdle gets the game winner with 2.20 left in overtime. He scored twice tonight. 4-3 is the final. Three times the Oilers led by a goal. They couldn't stretch it out. They couldn't get the winner in overtime. Ryan Strom great chance. About a minute and a half in. Couldn't finish. And then Hurdle takes care of business at the other end. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 10:34. along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Entertaining game. A lot of action. A lot of mistakes in some areas, Rob, which I think led to some of the scoring chances. Al Montoya Pretty good night in relief of Camp Talbot. I mean, he makes 36 saves and stopped Burns in overtime twice to keep the Oilers alive, stopped them in the second period. I think he did his job, but in the end, the Oilers needed one more to get the two points.
1: Yeah, they had the opportunities. I I think that we we talked in the first period, the Oilers had a good chance to extend the lead. They they could have come out of that first period, you know, a, a couple goals, they didn't. That allowed, you know, San Jose to have some belief. And in the second period, it became the San Jose's game. And they were all over the Oilers. San Jose was the better team through the final 40 minutes. Having said that, uh, the Oilers had their opportunities. Stroman, overtime. overtime. Uh, there was a couple... Well, I, I think Strom also, he missed the wide open net. Was it not him in the one big uh, kerfuffle in front of the net where Lucic fan... Oh, in the second period. Yeah, yeah he shot so it right through the right crease. Right through the crease, yeah. wide open net. And then a couple mental mistakes uh, for the Oilers. They, they're tired, second of back to back, but still... You know, Leon Drysdale on the first goal, gives the puck away in the offensive zone on a 4-on-2, turns into a 2-on-1 going back the other way. Uh, Milan Lucic on the 3-3 tying goal, loses his defenseman in the the defensive zone. The defenseman moves to the center, Milan doesn't move with him, he's wide open, he throws the puck in. Uh, When you're playing against good teams, and the San Jose Sharks are a good hockey club, you can't have mental mistakes that uh are big ones and those were big ones and that eventually allowed san jose to get the game into overtime and then it's just a crapshoot and unfortunately for the oilers the bounce went towards san jose 4-3,
3: the Sharks take it. That means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 every time the Oilers score. The total for the season now up to $4,850. You can also track that on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Oscar Kleffbaum. Likely playing his final home game of the season, I would say. Very likely, barring uh, something unforeseen happening. He's going to get his shoulder cleaned up sometime next week. He did say he will go on the road trip. He gets a goal and an assist tonight, and it's been such a tough year for Clefbaum. I thought that was one of his better games.
1: I agree. His shoulder looked pretty good tonight. Whatever they did to it a couple days ago, uh, do that all the time. Uh, He was firing the puck hard. Uh, and, and smart, you know, he scored the goal. It was a seeing-eye goal that went in, but he put it in the right spot. And then the one that Rnh uh, scored, it was just a good, hard shot in the right spot, allowing Rnh to get his stick on it. So uh, it has been a tough year for Oscar. But again, these uh, another reason why he wants to play before his surgery is he wants to have good thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of guys here that want the season to end on a good note and try and find something here over the last few games. This is Oscar's uh, chance to to put something together and hopefully get a little positive going into first the surgery, then the rehab, and the summer.
3: Clefbaum, the first star of the game. Couture, the second star. Hurdle, the third star. Those picked by Sportsnet. Rob and I give out the fourth star of the game for Missionary Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I thought a lot of Oilers had pretty good nights despite them only getting a point that, or this one, I'll go with the goaltender. I'll go with Al Montoya. I thought he did everything he needed to do. He was pretty busy as the night went on. He
1: was. He had a good game. I thought RNH was very good. I think that uh, he's getting his opportunity to play with Connor McDavid, and he's taken full advantage of it. As the couple of games he's been there, he's created, he's produced, and I think that's the, the big one. A lot of players can go up there and get chances but you also have to capitalize on your chances, and we saw RNH do that tonight.
3: Got a deflection goal early in the third for his 19th of the season at the time. That put the Oilers up 3-2. Dillon came back to tie it for the Sharks. Hurdle wins it in overtime. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Edmonton's record on the season drops to 30-35-5, 70 games in, 12 to go. They'll play at the Florida Panthers on Sunday afternoon. Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, definitely having an impact. Aberg on that line, I mean, he's he's getting a look. I don't think he's there there long term. Um, The fourth line had a pretty good game. Kara, Kajula, and Cassie, especially the first period, they really got after it got a goal.
1: Well, what we've seen throughout the year, uh, Jujar has been consistent. Uh, you know, after the, the first five, six games of the season, he's been very good for the Oilers. And whoever he's played with has played well because he leads by example. He, he gets in on the forecheck. He, he, he's hard on pucks. He, he's smart in his own zone. He's gained confidence. And, and tonight, what I'm starting to see w- w- with Cassian when he plays, if he has something good happen early in a game, it carries, it carries through the rest of the game for him. If the beginning of the game nothing happens and he you know, he might not get that second shift as quick as possible, he seems to fall out of the game. Well, tonight his first shift was very good, and it carried on, and he got bonus time. He got a little more ice time. So, yeah, that line was very good. They created chances, and most of it, and when they play smart, they get pucks in deep. And when they get pucks in deep, they use their speed, get the forecheck going, and they have success, and we saw that.
3: 4-3, the Sharks... Take it. So Edmonton's record in games tied after 60 minutes. They've been very good in overtime and shootout now 11-5, and five, including 7-4 and four in games tied in overtime. Burns two chances from the side of the net. Minute 9 into overtime. Montoya holds his ground there. And then Ryan Strom, good, good play by Nugent Hopkins, get the puck up ice. Strom bursts ahead to get open. Oh, man, if he just could have one time that puck, eh?
1: Yeah, it all started with, I don't know what Evander Kane was doing on that one. Evander Kane was, it was his man, Strom, and he actually was pointing at someone to take Strom, and that's his guy. He should have been pointing at himself. But Strom gets open, nice play by R&H, getting it over to him. And again, it doesn't seem like long, because he got the puck off pretty quick. But any split second that you take longer than you should, it allows the goaltender that much time to get over and cover net. A one-timer is the hardest because the goaltender has no time to get set, and you, he's, he's just flailing, hoping the puck hits him. Uh, it, it was a, a good try, but, yeah, I mean, there's it, it's an art. Not everybody can one-time the puck well. A lot of guys don't have the confidence to do it, but it is something that you can practice over and over again and get much stronger at it. Uh, again, I'd like to see it... Uh in slow motion to see if it was in his wheelhouse. Sometimes if the puck is not completely in your wheelhouse, players will stop it and try to get it off quickly. But it was a nice play, and most times that puck's going in the net and the game is over.
3: 4-3 San Jose wins. We're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. We'll have post game reaction from both dressing rooms as well. Sharks four, Oilers three in overtime, quick timeout. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio.
3: 630 Chair. Tomasz Hurdle, two goals for San Jose, including the overtime winner, 4-3. The Sharks take this one at Rogers place. Scorers for Edmonton. Kajula got his ninth. Clefbaum got his fifth. Nugent Hopkins got his 19th. McDavid with two assists this evening. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks so much for tuning in. It is 1045-780-496-0063. We have Adam on the open line. Adam, welcome to the show. Go ahead.
4: Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, a couple things. Um, First of all, uh, obviously Sleppy is not part of the future on this team. Uh, I think as long as Todd is here, I know Sleppy got off to a bad start from the injury and everything like that. But uh, it's really frustrating to me to see somebody like Camilleri uh, playing. The guy's playing his last you know, dozen games in the NHL here, and here he's taking up ice time where we could be showing a kid some experience playing some guys. So that's just really frustrating to me to see him on the ice also uh could you guys explain how it would work as far as uh, uh if we how much it would cost to buy a Luchich? and if you think uh how how much would hit it be against the cap that
3: it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth it, it you would be paying him you'd have a cap hit for the next ten years because of it's double it's double the length of uh the remaining contract, I, I think, it would be at least two million a year. I think I, I, I can put it in quickly.
1: It's not going to happen. Yeah, it
3: would. No. Be, it's a, it, no. would, it would be a lot, buddy. I, I don't think yeah. they would do it.
4: I'm a huge Luchish fan, or I was, and it just his game looks horrible. And then you know what? The league has passed him by. I mean, the speed, and uh, you know, it just he needs to simplify his game. Stop carrying the puck. Get it in deep. Use your size. And uh, I don't know if he's been watching Connor too much, thinking that he can do the same thing. But uh, I know he's frustrated. I know he's valuable in the room. And uh, you know it's disappointing yesterday the runs that Connor took. Uh, the word came in to help him. I was really disappointed. That was a time for Lucius to show his worth and do something. When you got guys like Giordano and Brody uh, roughing up Connor. Uh, so anyway, I just I don't know where this is going to go. Uh,
3: Well, they're just going to hope, Adam. They're just going to hope he bounces back. I I Mm -hmm. just—you can do a buyout calculator on a on a website called Cap Friendly. Okay. So it it would be you'd be paying him for the next ten years. The cap hit varies from year to year. In the last five years, it would only be seven hundred and thirty thousand, but the other years it would be between three point two and five point seven. For example, Ah. in twenty two twenty three. You'd be, you'd have a cap hit for Milan Lucic of five point seven million dollars to have him not on your team. That's wow. a, that's substantial. That, that's a fourth. That's a third line. It, it, it's yeah, it's it's
1: not happening. It, it's not yeah. happening. They're not what buying him What do you
4: think out. about Camilleri
1: playing?
3: You know what? I that's that's a gr- excellent question. Yep. Excellent question. I, I totally get that criticism. I will say this though, Adam, I, I'm really starting to have my doubts about Slapchev. I really am.
4: Yeah, I am too. Like, I mean, I see the size, the speed, the shot. I just, I don't know if the confidence thing that Todd has ruined him a little bit uh, with his confidence. I think Todd should take some blame for it because I believe he's had his favorites. Guys that have played, uh, I believe the team has played a lot better, to be honest, since since Maroon and and Letesti left because uh, they weren't the fastest players and I think they got a little too much ice time. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm just... Uh, I'm hopeful that we could find some wingers in the summer and, uh, you know, and somebody surprises us, uh, comes out of nowhere because, uh, yeah, this is getting pretty painful.
1: <laughs> yeah, You're right. And you make a good point about uh, Kamala being in the lineup. Um, obviously, uh, I, I wouldn't believe that he would be part of the future for the no. Oilers. Um, there have been games that he has sat out when, if you just went by the, the play, he was out playing players that were still in the lineup. Uh, and I just I Slapishev, I I agree with, with you and Reed. I don't think he'll be back just from the fact that he's sitting he's a healthy scratch here at the end of the season in nothing time. If there was if he was part of their future, he'd be in the lineup right now.
3: All right, Adam. We're gonna finish the play, buddy. You're looking for an eight day parking pass to Jetset. You park one-night stays, or long-term parking. Find your perfect match from five fifty a day at jetsetparking.com with the promo code, code CHED. What do we have, Kellen?
2: That's why he's known as one of the best two-way centers in the league. He'll drive in from the right-hand side around. Pavelski to the net. Strong a wrist shot denied by Martin Jones.
3: All right, Adam, simple one. We were just talking about it. What period was that in? No, it wasn't. No, what period was that in?
4: Oh. Uh, it, it cut out there. I, I, strong came in backhand. He uh, was to win the
3: game. If he scored, he would have won the game. What period oh, was it in? Because
4: he, when he <laughs> dusted it off or like <laughs> Everly. Jeez, it was like one time not in there, man. That game would have been over. I, I just need overtime. you to say the period. Overtime. There we go.
3: Overtime. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Right. Good call, buddy. Stay on the line for Kellen, okay? All
1: right, Adam got it. That's good because I was watching. I was watching the basketball You're game, but I didn't hear the NBA. question. I was watching Lake Thomas Logan go State. down. Bad call by the ref. They got bad refs in that league too. <laughs> Anyways,
3: I thought the reffing was fine tonight. Yeah,
1: it was. I
3: agree. The, the fine. You know, fine. I thought. I actually thought Larson got away with a trip there with about two minutes left, and then I thought Burns got away with one on McDavid with about thirty seconds left. They yeah. put the whistles
1: away at at the end. But you know what? All in all, it was a good hockey game. You know there were mistakes. Obviously, it wasn't a perfect game by either team, but it was entertaining. No. Well, sorry if I cut you off. That's but, okay. but I
3: just—we've seen these Pacific Division teams and watched other games they've played in. They've played San Jose four. They've played LA three times. Obviously, played Calgary four times. And what's an, another frustrating thing for me, Rob, about this Oilers season is that I don't believe the Pacific Division is that strong. I, I think there are good teams, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there are great teams. And we've seen games against the Sharks. Where, yes, at times the sharks have taken it to the Oilers, but at times, I mean, San I Jose, San Jose had a three nothing lead against Edmonton and were killing them, and then twenty five minutes later, Edmonton was ahead. For it. tonight, I mean, yes, San Jose had chances to maybe extend or you know take, uh, tie the game and take a lead, but the Oilers had chances to go up by by mm-hmm. a couple and maybe take control of the game. So that's what that's what's frustrating to me. I mean, the Oilers have a decent record in their own division, 13 and one. That that that's okay. Um, but other other than Vegas, uh, you know, I see some kind of teams that have have some strengths, but on any given night, could be really vulnerable well, too.
1: Well, the, the two strongest teams I think out west right now are, are the Jets and the Predators. Oh, for sure. I think that the Vegas is a good hockey club. They're they're bit by some injuries right now. They got spanked tonight by Devils. I think it was eight to two or eight to three. But they're they're hurting. Uh, they with, with a number of injuries, a number of key players being out. But that's the the thing about and we saw last year, you can get through. If you get to the playoffs, you have a chance to get to the Western Conference final because nobody is an elite team in the Pacific uh, Division. You don't have to see Na- Nashville or Winnipeg until you get to the final four, and by then, they'll have beat each other up because right. they are both uh, can play physical hockey, and, and Winnipeg especially. You're, when you go through Winnipeg, you're going to feel it at the end of the series, so it's key just to get into the dance, and, and you have an opportunity, so I agree. I don't think the Pacific is as strong as it has been in the past, And I don't think it's getting stronger as we go forward. San Jose is an older team. I mean, some of their stars are at the back end of their careers. The LA Kings, an older team. Some of their stars at the back end. Uh, Anaheim, again, older players. So this is going forward. If the Oilers can find what they need in the the offseason, they can quickly turn this around and become a team that challenges in the Pacific. And as we've seen, you get in the playoffs, anything can happen.
3: Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to San Jose tonight. Let's look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Rob mentioned that game between the Devils and the Golden Knights. New Jersey wins it 8-3. The Ducks shut out the Canucks 3-0. Maple Leafs edge the Stars 6-5 in a shootout. Rangers over the Penguins 4-3 in overtime. The Oilers' farm team, Tucson, or pardon me, Bakersfield, losing in overtime, 3-2 to the Tucson Roadrunners. Back to the phone calls in a second here, but likely the final home game for Oscar Kleffbaum. His comments for GCL Diesel, for genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. 2.9, I guess I can
5: see why you want to keep playing and helping your team until the last possible moment. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was fun to to be able to help the team here. Um, obviously, it's a it's a tough loss, and I think I played uh, many games better than I did tonight. But the puck went in, and then creating some some offense, and uh, I'm very happy for that. But uh, it's tough. I, I'd rather score no goal and, and, and win a game, right? So it's a it's a tough it's a tough one. You guys maybe uh, a little bit
6: sloppy at times taking care of the puck tonight. Would that be fair to say? Yeah.
5: Yeah, and San Jose is a very, very good team to take advantage of it too. Um, we talking, we were talking a lot of uh, being ready the first ten minutes, and I think we even last time we played and we had a good start. But um, like I said, it's, it's a tough one. They're a good team, and, and we gotta, we gotta find a way to win this game. I mean, here, here is Rogers and having the lead a couple of times. I mean, we should be able to to get two points.
7: Just for yourself, you know, I'll get a few pucks through
5: and leading to
7: some points and a goal for yourself as well. How'd that feel? It
5: felt good. Um, like i said it 's uh it 's a coincidence right i mean it 's a good tip by newuch and, and the first goal is it 's not going to happen without the screen so it 's uh, it's very tough to score from the blue line without any screen in this league today so it was uh, it was a great screen even by their defenseman too I think so it was a little bit of a double screen so um, but obviously it was very fun to 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 score it and help the team um, like I said, it was a tough one. We would, uh, we would like to have two points tonight.
6: You talked about needing to find a way to close this one out. You had to lead three different times in regulation.
3: Maybe last year you were a little bit better at closing games out. What do you need to get into your game
6: to finish this season to be able to do this
5: I mean, it's tough to say. Last year we, we won a, a bunch of these one-goal games, the, the tough ones. Um, this year, we are not find a way to, to, to win games like this. And, and credit to their team. I mean, they, they play some good hockey, and it's a good team. Um, like I said, here at home, and I mean, we should have a lot of confidence when we're in the lead all the time and play some good hockey. Um, so we should find a way to, to win this game. I agree. That's Oscar Club on.
3: All right. Thanks, Brendan. 4-3. San Jose beats the Oilers in overtime, and yeah, Clefbaum a little frustrated with the result. Oilers led one nothing, two one, three two, couldn't extend, and then the Sharks win it in overtime. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Steve on the line. Steve, good to hear from you.
4: Hi guys, uh, I uh, I don't get a chance to come to the games that often, and uh, I was uh, down. Watching the game today, and I noticed Ian Herbers was on the bench. Uh, Has he been on the bench all year? Is that maybe a little Uh, bit of a resurgence?
3: No, Uh, I believe Jim Johnson had a death in the family and and wasn't here tonight.
4: Okay, I was. uh, So I was kind of I was looking for some uh, some hope there, thinking that maybe that was as an ex CIAU player, I was thinking maybe uh, maybe he was helping the uh, the the penalty kill. But uh, I'm just curious about that.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Jim. What Jim Johnson wasn't uh, wasn't here tonight. So, who did you play
1: for, Steve? Oh, well, he's gone. We'll tell. We'll tell everyone he played for U of A. Yeah,
3: and won like eighty national championships. Well, if he played for U, U of A, he probably won volleyball, something. Yeah. He was like actually, he actually played every sport, won multiple national titles in many
1: sports. What was that? Wasn't the great? Wasn't a great Canadian <laughs> woman named Babe that played a bunch of different sports?
3: Yeah. Uh, yes. What was her name? Uh, was it Hendrickson? Something
2: like Somebody that. Somebody'll yeah.
3: tell us. Babe. <laughs> I'm That's, pretty sure her first name was Babe. This is sports trivia with Rob Brown. <laughs> with his sidekick, Reed Wilkins. I'm
1: going to look that they're up. They're almost sort of sure about what they're telling you. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> if we say it with a uh, convincing style, people believe us. That's
3: right. You just got to sound convincing. Heck, you can get elected president that way. No, oh, <laughs> Sharks, and
1: we digress. <laughs>
3: Sharks win 4-3 in overtime tonight. Yeah. Babe
1: Dickerson. Didrickson. Zaharias. Oh, there it is. Oh, but, and she's American. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, you got the first name. She's that famous. Nationality. We didn't get the She's famous American. We didn't get the Canadian. sports. We don't know if she wasn't she a golfer. She was. A, she's golf. Track and field, basketball, okay. baseball. Well, she least was. Good. I got she won, the golf. She won two feel, gold medals in good. track and field. She played on the LPGA, <laughs> won ten majors. Like she was awesome. At least
3: I feel I contributed something by throwing golf in there. Yep, that was it good. I wasn't, uh, wasn't helping in, in any other capacity. All right. Speaking of knowing trivia, Scott knew on the Face Off show that Jim Harrison was the Oilers' leading scorer in their first season in the WHA in 72-73. He gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. we got a quick news update coming up at 11. You're still going to hear from Todd McClellan from Al Montoya, who made 36 saves but took the overtime loss tonight. We'll also go into the San Jose dressing room as well. You can call us, 780-496-0063. Maybe you're a multi-sport athlete. Who knows? Just like babe. It's Canadian this is Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond auction Broadcast this Center. This is the Canadian
0: Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
2: Looking inside, it's Cassian in front. Kajula scores. Top right corner, San Jose gives up another chance, and this time Kajula buries it. It's his ninth of the year, the time 239, and Edmonton has caught San Jose (laughs) sleepwalking.
3: Opening goal for Edmonton. They had the lead three times tonight, but could not put the game away. Goes to overtime. Tomas Hurdle, second of the night, 18th of the season. Sharks win it 4-3 over the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's 11 Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins lot to get to this evening. You can give us a call, 780-496-0063. Right now, let's head down to the Sharks' room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Here's Logan
6: Couture. Part of this team's DNA strand at this point. Yeah, I think think we always... No, on the bench that we got a chance to, to come back. They they took three, uh, three one-goal leads, and uh, the bait, the bench doesn't uh, deflate. and guys stay positive and uh, you know, keep the pressure pressure on playing on their end, and we're able to, to respond each time. We've talked about how tight the standings are, and you yeah. kind of want to stay out of being in that pack, just big to get those two things something of the tonight. It tonight. It is big. Um, I heard Anaheim's winning. I don't know uh, for sure, but uh, two nothing there you go. So I mean, points. Points are huge, especially when teams around us continue to uh, to win. So uh, you know, we, we know we've got a tough back-to-back coming up on this on this road trip. So uh, tonight was big. I
8: know you're thinking about
6: you know, the playoffs and, and that push, but you have passed Owen, Owen on the Sharks all-time list today. Mm. What does it mean to you to be amongst the Patrick Marlows and the Pavelskis and Joe Thornton's on that list and the, the history? Yeah, play? it's That's uh, a... pretty cool. I mean. Uh, never would have uh, would have thought that uh, my career would have uh, would have turned into uh, into this uh, I've played with some very very good players in this team and I've been lucky to uh, be coached by some very good coaches on that side as well as on our side now so uh, just very very lucky. Thomas Hurdle seems to be back in his game since that injury has been kind of getting hurt the last yeah. few of any like his play. He's playing hard he's playing harder I think uh, you know, you suffer an injury like he had, an upper body injury. You, you lose your strength in puck battles, and it takes a while to to get that back, and that's something that he does very well. Uh, one of the better guys in our team at winning uh, winning battles along the wall and, and uh, winning stick battles. And I think on you saw it on that winning goal in overtime there. He won a battle against Dreisaitl and was able to uh, continue the play and then made a great shot. The the, the feeling in the room when you see Donskoy leave the bench with an injury or leave the ice with an injury. Yeah, it's tough. I mean... Looked like it was uh, possibly the same thing you heard yeah. before. I, I don't, I haven't seen him yet, but uh, you hope that uh, I just back sooner or later. What was the feeling on the bench when they scored? You guys challenged it, and it still counted. Um, well, I skated down to to Joner just to get his response to it, and uh, he said he he didn't think it was going to be disallowed. So uh, from then, I mean, I saw the replay. I thought possibly you never know. Um, he did skate. And make contact with a stick, but uh, I think uh, ultimately ultimately, they got that one right. That's Logan Couture,
1: who's been an oiler killer ever since he's come into the league. Uh, he's battled injuries himself tonight. It was fantastic. And we saw his skill on display on the power play, an unbelievable shot that he put in, scored on Montoya there, short side upstairs. And I think he likes taking advantage of that because when you're playing the point with Brent Burns, you don't get to shoot very often. Burns likes to shoot as much as he can and I don't know how many shots Burns threw on the net today. He got ten shots on goal and he had five others blocked. So fifteen shots he put towards the net today. So when you're <laughs> playing when you're the D partner on the power play with Burns, you're gonna take full advantage of every shot that you get and he did on that one. Couture was Excellent tonight for the San Jose Sharks.
3: Well, we're not talking a lot about goalie interference tonight because the Oilers actually survived a a challenge. Will this touch on it? I mean, I think people are sick of hearing about it either way at this point, and a a goalie interference isn't going to put the Oilers in or out of the playoffs at this point. If an attacking player initiates any contact with a goalie other than incidental contact while the goalkeeper is outside his crease and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. Aberg cutting across the front of the net. His leg swept Jones's stick away from his five-hole to his blocker side. Goal went in glove side. It was outside the crease, so I guess they ruled it incidental contact. I'm just guessing what they're thinking in the situation room. Couture said that his own goalie thought it would probably count, and I thought Couture subbed it up nicely. You never know. Yeah, well, it's true. You, you never know. Well, so,
1: I, I mean, we're all guessing, and that that's the sad part about it is – we have video rep- replays, and we get to watch it 15 times in every single angle at this every speed that we want it at, yet we still have no idea what the call is going to be. The players don't, the coaches don't, the fans don't. Uh, so that, that's the problem in the National Hockey League right now is there is a rule in place that the players themselves and the coaches themselves have no idea what, how it works.
3: Sharks win it 4-3 in overtime. Hopefully a change to the goalie interference review or rule is our adjustment of the game for next season for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Com. Oilers did a lot of things well tonight, but some mistakes in their game. Let's hear what head coach Todd McClellan thinks for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com.
2: Todd, a, a back-and-forth game. Um, you guys did get the point, but uh, I guess on the other end, you did give up three different leads
8: throughout the game. Uh, just sort of take us through the game and how you saw it from your eyes. Well, against that team, you have to be prepared to start because it's. Uh, we talk a lot about the 10-minute game and the 50-minute game, and we did a good job in the 10-minute game, which uh, has proven in the past to give us difficulty against them. So we came out of that okay. Uh, we've turned a, a few pucks over, which allowed them to get back into it. Um, you know, the penalty that or some of the penalties we took tonight, I thought were a little bit careless. Power play, uh, or pardon me, our penalty kill was good other than the f- lost face-off. Um, and then just a few individuals with some tough nights that uh, created some turnovers. When our backup goaltender gives us a performance like that, we should be able to, uh, to find a way to close it off. Um, I thought we got a little bit tired at the end. Uh, some guys have played a lot of hockey over the last uh, few days, and uh, it showed a little bit. What have I liked about Matt tonight or in general? or well, He's a great teammate, first of all. Forget about even him playing. When he gets to the rink, uh, guys enjoy having him around. He works hard in practice, and that's uh, an important skill set for a goaltender. And then uh, you can tell that he's been a backup for a while. He's right When he's, his number's called, he's ready to go. and uh, That's not an easy team to play against because you've really got to fight to find the puck. There's so many deflections and tip-ins. Uh, from distance or from in tight, and uh, I thought uh, he did a, a tremendous job tonight in that area. Todd, by my eye, there were maybe th- <clears throat> three pucks that Drysidel didn't take care of that ended up costing you guys goals. Is this a theme that's been in his game a little bit too much recently, and you do to, to try and to get Well, the- your, your eye is, is, is accurate. He'd probably be the first one to tell you that. He had a tough night, and... Um, you know, that line created some chances, but they gave up many more than they, uh, than they created and they didn't find a way to... So, uh, uh, definitely a tough night uh, for him and for his line mates, but um, 82 games, that's going to happen at some point. Um, he's been able to pull us out of trouble. We couldn't pull him out of trouble tonight. Todd, uh, you've had the uh, Nugent-Hopkins-McDavid sort of alignment going for a few games here. Your thoughts on how they're mixing together? I think they're starting to. Uh, one, well, I guess Nuge. First of all, Nuge is starting to get his, you know, his game sense and legs back. I saw him rolling around and and rolling off checks, um, which is a good sign. He's starting to really feel comfortable again. Uh, Connor's Connor, and Pontus is figuring things out. But they are uh, they're beginning to uh, to be able to read and react off each other well. Um, I think there's some chemistry developing. Um, they both skate well and have good lungs, so they can. Uh, they can get caught out there long and still defend properly, which is a good sign for us. You've got, you know, you had Maroon with them last year, a big guy with good hands down low. Uh, Nuge with them now, sort of a playmaker, almost a lot like Connor. What's the perfect guy? Does he need a pure sniper? Does he need a playmaker? Who's the ultimate winger for him? It's a, you know, that's a good question. It, it depends on the night. It depends on the opponent. It, it depends on the the type of game, Uh, you know, in in a fast, free-flowing game, you like to have the pace with them and somebody with hands. You always want somebody that can finish because you never know when you're going to get the puck from them. Uh, There's other nights, I think, of some of the playoff series last year against Anaheim. You like to have that big, heavy um, deterrent sometimes with him, but yet somebody that can finish like Patty Maroon was. So it it varies. Um, You know, we're still looking. Uh, I still like Leon up on the right side uh, on any given night, because they connect so well, uh, you know, when they're both going, but um, still uh, evolving. Todd, that Jujar-Caroline seems to have built some chemistry with Kujula. Casting scored again tonight, had the one disallowed last night. What are you seeing from that line? What do you like, and what are your expectations moving forward? Well, J.J. is a, he's evolved into such a, a tremendous player for us right now, and when you've got a centerman that can settle things down, the other two go to work, and they, they're both quick. They have a tenacity to them. They both finish their checks, uh, which sometimes makes the other team's D a little bit nervous. And um, they, they just play a quick, tenacious game, and JJ's there to, to manage them. So um, good chemistry there right now and, and uh, some pretty good results. Jesse uh, says he's pressing... And he keeps shooting the puck over the net, and he's almost going too fast out there sometimes. Is that what you see, or? Yeah, he's. I, he has some some nights where you almost look like it. Almost looks like he's trying too hard. You wish you could go to him and say, "Hey, kid, relax a little bit. And things will be okay. Puck will go in the net. Just relax and shoot it." And you know he shoots with all his might. He puts everything he has into to each and every shift, and. Um, we appreciate that, and you know. But at times, you just relax a little bit. You've done it a million times. You've shot that puck. You've retrieved pucks. Um, I think he's squeezing his stick a little bit right now, and him answering the question the way he did, I, I think it's it's evident. One last question about Cleft Bomb. Shot pretty well for a guy with a bad shoulder tonight. But his shoulder is not perfect. What we're hoping to do is turn his shoulder into a shoulder. His shoulder's been quite good. Um, sometimes it dips a little bit. Um, he did shoot the puck real good. Um, maybe change, he'll change his mind now and not want to have it done. Who knows, but uh, it was a good night for him.
3: Alright, that's head coach Todd McClellan. Clef bomb having the shoulder cleaned up that's how mcclellan put it this morning so he'll play probably a couple more games and then uh, get whatever he needs done and then he'll be uh, out for the season but yeah he got a couple away tonight scored on one nugent hopkins tipped another and mcclellan addressing as well a tough night for uh dry sidle on his line
1: yeah it, it wasn't a great night and, and you have those um i, I know that Playing back-to-back, bigger guys seem to struggle a little bit more. Uh, they're carrying a lot of weight. And last night in Calgary, uh, they both played a lot, especially Leon. They were, I imagine fatigue came into play. And as I said earlier tonight, between periods, fatigue doesn't always just affect the legs. It affects the mind. And the, some of the plays that Leon made, especially the one early in the game that turned into a 2-1-1, almost a 3 on one That was just a a mental cramp. And he tried to put a a puck into a position that had very little chance of succeeding. But I, I disagree with the one question where they said, is it creeping into his game more? He had an off night, and all players do. I don't see that as something that has been a consistent thing in his game. I think most nights he is uh, being one of the better players on the ice, and some nights it just doesn't go for you and, and usually in those you can tell early in a hockey game and we saw it actually very evident.
3: Sharks edge the Oilers four three in overtime, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's bring Chris onto the show. Hey Chris, thank you for calling.
2: How you doing Reed and Rob? Doing very well.
0: I
7: hate to go back to the goalie interference thing, but it reminded me earlier this afternoon. Did you hear that interview that Andrew Gross had with uh, that astrophysicist?
3: Oh, I I missed... I did not hear that. They they didn't talk about goalie interference, did they? Yeah, Andrew couldn't
7: help but bring it up. They were talking about uh, Stephen Hawking and all that. Yeah. And uh, Andrew, one of his last comments to him was, well, here, I got a real problem for you guys, for you scientists to figure out. He says, do you know what...
3: Goalie <laughs> I miss that. That's great. <laughs> and
7: the astrophysicists, like, oh, we're going to need a few hours to talk about that. <laughs> they couldn't figure it out. Just like nobody else can figure it out. It's getting
1: well. It's it is weird. true. I mean, I've I've been involved with hockey for the last forty years. And I have no idea when the when they go to replay which way it's going to go. And I get to watch all the replays. So I, I've I've just it's funny when they show the coaches on the bench after the call and they're dumbfounded, dumbfounded yeah. that it's gone against them because they were certain it was going to go their way.
7: I don't yeah. even remember it being this bad last year.
1: I agree. I don't not until the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it started
7: to
3: become an issue. Yeah, it is, it is worse this year. I don't mind that they tried it. I, I say this all the time. I, I think if leagues want to change rules or try things, I don't care. Try it out. But sometimes you have to admit when something isn't working. I know the NHL is reluctant to change things midseason. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you watch football, Chris, but, you know, the, the, the Ambrosi and the CFL changed the number of coaches' challenges midseason. And yeah, I remember that. One of the the one big reason he did it is because Edmonton and BC were playing a really crisp, well-played game at Commonwealth Stadium and then there were three coaches challenges in the first 5 minutes of the fourth quarter and that the, that part of the fourth quarter took about a half hour to play and we oh, were yeah, sitting there doing nothing right the down. whole time. So yeah. sometimes I wish leagues could say okay, maybe one team's played 38 games under these rules, and one team's played 35, but we need to change it. I, I do think they'll look at it and modify it for next year, though. Oh, they have to. definitely. Yep. Thanks, Chris. You bet. Take care, guys. alright nine six zero zero six three. Brendan Dillon, just his second goal of the season tonight for the Sharks, but it was a big one. It tied it in the third. They go on to win 4-3. Here's Dillon. For BDO, first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license and solvency trustees.
4: Part of the team's DNA uh,
7: yeah, I don't know if we, we want to be doing that too often. Uh, I think for us, you know, just the first period, I don't want to make excuse with having the homestead we did, you know, maybe getting the, the plain legs out of us. But I, I thought as the game went on, we got back to, to Sharks hockey, to you know, what makes us successful. And, uh, you know, we're able to, to kind of get our feet under ourselves and, and then end up getting a big two points in the end.
6: What were you guys thinking in here
2: after 20 uh, being 1-1, one, one, but being maybe outplayed like that? Yeah, well,
7: they're they're a team that's, um, you know, when you're playing teams that are loose like that and, and able to make high-end plays, they they got a lot of skill up front, and they got guys that can, can make you pay and score some big goals. So um, I think for us, you know, the, the mentality all year, just been stick with it. Uh, at home, on the road, up one, down one. And uh, I think for us, a, a big thing that we can kind of lean on is, is that we're a never-quitting team, and we're able to, to kind of come back as the game went on. Did you see a little bit of daylight on that game-time goal there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, something we work on every day. The coaches do a great job of kind of letting us work on those shots. And uh, the forwards use us. Like Bodzi makes a great play, and I'm, I'm just trying to get it through. We do a good job in front of the net as well. So, uh, fortunate to find the lane. Holy smokes, Um, uh, you can't say enough good things about the guy. Um, Offense, defense, all three zones, um, he's, you know, the heartbeat for us. When when it comes to big games, he seems to always be involved somehow and, um, you know, making great plays on both Hurdle's goals and, um, you know, a line that's really been going for us.
3: Brendan Dillon of the San Jose Sharks. Scott Johnson working the Sharks dressing room this evening. They get it done in overtime. Hurdle, two goals, including the winner, 4-3 Sharks over the Oilers. Tony, up next on the phone lines, you'll also hear from Al Montoya, who was solid in the Edmonton Net. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair.
2: A hair under 85% of the kill. Centering pass, shorthanded chance, and Tierney can't bury it back in.
3: El Montoya save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RV dealership now carrying motorhomes. Montoya needed just one more stop, beaten in overtime by Thomas Hurdle, and the Sharks win at four-three. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Montoya.
2: Wow, that was a fun back-and-forth game. Just sort of take us take us through from your end.
7: Yeah, I, um, I. I thought we played well last night. We came in with the mentality that this was going to be a, a big game for us. Um, I thought we handled the game pretty well, controlled it, and they're a good team. They're they're in the hunt, so they battled back and they got the extra bounce at that. For you, pretty good game. Uh, How
2: would you feel on there? And I guess just going to make that uh, final one there in overtime.
7: Sure, um, try to make the stops. You know, I I feel good. Feel like they gave the team a chance, and this is the kind of team that's going our team's going to score goals. So as a goalie, that's a great feeling. Even if you give up one, you give up two. You know, your team's capable. So you just focus on stopping the next shot. That's all I really concerned myself with. That's nice. Read that's all Montoya. All
3: right. Thanks, Brendan. Montoya winds up making thirty-six stops. Martin Jones also a pretty good game for the San Jose Sharks. He makes twenty-five saves. San Jose wins at four three. Hurdle got two. Couture and Dillon also scored for the Oilers. It was Kajula, Clefbaum, and Nugent Hopkins, McDavid. Two assists tonight. The Oilers were 0 for 1 on the power play. They only had a minute 9 of power play time. The Sharks were 1 for 4. The Oilers actually had a couple uh, big kills. Uh, An Aberg penalty on both sides of the second intermission. That was important. And then uh, Cassian got a slashing penalty halfway through the third period with the game tied. The Oilers were able to kill that off.
1: Yeah, there's not the fear. Anymore. You're not clenching in your seat anymore when the others take a penalty, knowing that it's going to go bad at some point. They're, they're penalty killing uh, much better, uh, very aggressive. Uh, they do a good job now of not allowing access into their own zone. They try to confront the players coming in at the blue line and force them to dump it or turn it over. So, yeah, no, they're, they're, that part of their game has, has significantly improved over the last month or two.
3: Whenever the Oilers score five or more, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. 780-496-0063 is our phone number. We have Tony standing by. Tony, what are you doing up so late?
9: Oh, God, it's not even late for me, guys. <laughs> God. Um, so the three things I have to comment on, well, that I want to comment on, is I'm surprised no one went after Braun after he basically fell on the David and crushed him into the boards.
1: It would. I mean, he was dry. It was a hockey play.
9: Um, the second one was because uh, we played we played uh, the Flames last night, right? Yes. Would you have Would you have played Montoya last night and Talbot tonight? Since I know this is a bad way to look at it, but the Sharks are a better team than the Calgary Flames are, stats wise, and experience-wise, because I feel like if Talbot would have been in tonight, there wouldn't have been as many goals. And last night, you know what, if we if we lost to Calgary last night, oh, well, I'm already embarrassed enough that we that we got shut out by them. But I still think the fact that we should have played Montoya last night and played Talbot tonight, because in my opinion, Talbot's a, a little bit more better goaltender than Montoya. Well,
1: yeah, it's he's, tougher, tougher he's to better. play on the road, though. Yeah. It'd be I, tougher I, to play in Calgary and win than it would be to play at home against San Jose.
9: Yeah, I,
3: I think Tony I, I think they just gave the start of the first game, and then maybe if it's a lighter night for Talbot, they even could have came back with him. But Yeah, I don't I, know. I never I never really thought about that to be honest with you. Usually usually the number one guy will just go first. Yeah.
9: Yeah, no, I know. I was just I was just amazed that, you know, that Montoya played tonight because of the fact of how good the Sharks are. And I know every Calgary fan's gonna hate me, but I see the. I see that the sharks are a better team than Calgary. That Calgary, yeah, they they're a better team than us right now. But they aren't as much of a challenge as the, as the sharks are.
3: okay. What's your third point?
9: Um, my third point is, uh, you know, I've been I've been looking at some stuff on online or whatever. Um, people people uh, have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of research. Guys. The way you Trust said me. that. <laughs> I do, I do a lot of research on these guys because I, I, I honestly know how to. I honestly feel like I know how to fix a team, but I'm not their GM. But for me, everybody has off-seasons, and I will say Lucic again because everybody keeps on giving this guy a hard time. You know what? Be happy he got rid of his goal, because it could have been a lot longer. I know he hasn't scored, but give the guy a break. Yeah, he may be a bigger guy, but if it wasn't for him... There be a, we wouldn't look as tough as we are.
3: Well, he's having but, a tough year, but he but he did his job. He did his job. I mean, we're just in hope mode with him, Tony. That that he comes back next year and gets back up to you know a twelve thirteen shooting percentage and, and is a little more solid with the puck.
9: Well, half half our team is half our team has is underperforming because I don't know why, but it's like everybody blames Lucic and it just irritates me because he's not the only one who's doing bad this season.
3: Well, that's yeah, that's definitely true. But that's, you guys have a good night. Okay, see you, Tony. Thanks a lot for calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I didn't mean to. Yeah, you did. Just when he <laughs> just opens up his comment with, "I've been looking at some stuff online."
1: <laughs> what kind of stuff are you looking at?
3: Well, there's a lot online.
1: I guess I've I, heard. I've heard. Or yes. So I've been told. My friends have said.
3: <laughs> Commenting for a friend. All right. Well, Rob, we probably should go.
1: Already. probably something else we could talk about yeah
3: well go ahead if you'd <laughs> no, like no no I'm done I'm uh, done 4-3 settles. They won the game in overtime you can get more on 630 chetcom our next game is Saturday 1030 a.m. faceoff show Face-off at noon, Oilers at Panthers. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Thanks to everybody who called. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night.